Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Sisters Spooked, the podcast where two sisters talk about all the creepy things. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a scary story, suggestions for an episode, or anything really, please email us at sisterspooked at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at sisters underscore spooked. And we also have a secret Facebook group, Sisters Spooked Secret Group. Our website is sisterspooked.com, where you'll be able to find our blog and much more. We're so excited to have you. It's time to get spooky. Sisters Spooked contains graphic and explicit content. We recommend to listen at your discretion, but we hope you stay for the show. Thanks for listening. Okay, but is this better? Like, you can hear me now? Yes. Okay. Ay, ay, ay. How was your... Are you waiting for baby horses or baby cows to be born? Horses. And they were not born? Um. Yeah, there's only one uh, right now, and her due date is February 9th. Like, there's, like, 19 in total, but only one is due around now. Uh, uh... Last year, she can't... She fold two weeks early so that's why we started like full watching earlier but no she didn't she didn't have her baby oh gotcha well if the baby is actually born on february 9th that's aunt angie's birthday oh really yeah well, yeah so apparently so mom shipped my glasses and i was i've been waiting for my updated prescription on my glasses for so long i haven't gotten them updated in years yeah and hold on, hold on i'm gonna sneeze Oh, maybe not. N- never mind. Continue. Sorry. Okay. So mom finally shipped them out and I was like so excited. Finally, I can wear my glasses instead of my contacts all the time because I I haven't even, once I take my contacts out, I can't see yeah. at night. So like I, I have to literally take them out right before I go to sleep. So I finally got them and I was like, heck yeah. So I immediately took my contacts out and I put my glasses on and I was like, what the heck? It looked so weird. It was all warped. And I was what? what's happening right now? So I like called mom. And I was talking to her 15 minutes. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with my glasses. My left lens is way thicker than the right lens, even though I have almost the exact same prescription in each. Like, I don't know what they did. And like, I could see and I could see with them. But I was like, like, this is making everything seem kind of like warped. So then I called Brenner and they um, they called me back because they, they called me back like an hour later. And she was like, yeah, so that's just like your stigmatism. And I was like, your stigmatism. And I was like, my, my what? <laughs> uh, I, I was like, no one ever told me that I had an astigmatism. Like, and she was like, oh, yeah, this was like the first year that it was on your prescription for your, gla- your glasses. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, I've never had an astigmatism before. And and then I was like, no one told me. So, like, I, I just put my glasses on and everything was all warped. And she was like, yeah, it, it could take, like, a couple days for your eyes to get, like, used to it. Uh-huh. But she said that it'll help me see better farther. And I was like, I was like, was anyone going to tell me that I had an astigmatism? Because I just put these glasses on and thought that they, like, put the wrong prescription <laughs> in here. And I was about to go ham. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't tell you. 
Like, I don't know either. Interesting. But that's fine. Because I don't have... These, the astigmatism is only a click difference. So they they didn't... I'm not wearing contacts for astigmatism. Yeah. So... And I haven't gotten my glasses updated in years. So I guess I could have had it. But I just didn't know because they never... I, well, first of all, they never told me. And second of all, I never got my glasses updated, so I wouldn't have known either way. Oh, jeez. Interesting. Well, but that's that's really weird. I can't believe they would never tell me I had an astigmatism. They look at my eyes all the time. And it's funny because it's in, the, it's in the, the same eye as my uh, holes in, in my retina. Oh, that's strange. So... I wonder if this, if having an, an astigmatism was causing my headaches. Probably. I mean, how long had it been since you got a new prescription? Well, my contacts, I get updated uh, every year, but uh, my glasses, it had been probably three, two or three years more. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I usually, I typically only wear my glasses if I'm taking my contacts out to go to bed. I, I rarely would wear them to class because, well, first of all, they weren't the right prescription, so they would just give me a headache to try and read the board. But now now that I have them, I'm so happy because my wearing my contacts that long, especially in this dry weather, it's it was starting to mess up my eyes. So I'm sure I'm glad to be giving it a break. Please. It's freaking cold out. Is it cold down there? I mean, um, I yeah, it's- yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> I this morning when I was driving to work I pick up my friend on the way because she lives on the street next to me and we (laughs) it took me normally it takes three minutes to drive over to her apartment and it took me almost 10 to drive over there because they hadn't plowed the roads and there was probably six to eight inches of snow on the ground oh my god we only got like one or two yeah it was horrible and then on my way home, it was fine, but I stopped by Target just to get a couple things, and then I stopped to get gas because my tank had just gone under half, and I didn't want to get stuck, you know, without any gas. So I filled up my tank, and then on the way back, there were just these massive snowflakes, and I was oh, God, here we go. Yeah. So I don't know if it's... Juan said it's still snowing. He just left work not that long ago, so I wonder... I'm scared to look outside. I don't want to look outside. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> oh my god, I'm so tired. Oh. Sorry. No, it's okay. I was gonna nap, but I had to feed Mama and give her her meds and take her outside, and then I have to also finish entering this data. I I spent five and a half, six hours yesterday last night when I was doing full watch, entering all this data, and I was for sure like. I was like, for sure I'm going to finish this, finally, like, <laughs> finish this. I still have three pages. How many do I have left? I just, before, before you called, I was trying to enter them really fast. I still have one, two, two front and back, and then one, Ooh. so like five. Two and a half sheets, five pages, if you count front and back, that's two. Let me just go in my room where it's warmer. <laughs> so, for dinner tonight, I made homemade mac and cheese. Oh, 
It turned out so good. And I used the lactate-free. I had to use lactate-free milk and cheese and sour cream. And it didn't. It has not hurt my stomach. So oh, I, wow. I'm actually surprised. Wait, you use lactose-free all, all of those things? Yeah. Oh, they sell all that shit? Yeah. It's great. I can eat dairy again. <laughs> so... It's probably expensive though, right? It's it's really not that much more to be honest. Maybe just a couple cents more, but that's it. We ran out of milk, so we had to get milk at Walgreens. Sure, it so was like, like six dollars. No, it was like three something. <laughs> As opposed to like one dollar. Yeah. Oh, I don't what are you doing? It's very loud. Whatever you're doing is very loud. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just getting some milk because I'm going to eat. I-, I bought... You are not eating while we're recording. No, <laughs> I'm not. I just want to eat one truffle. Okay. Just one chocolate truffle. Okay. I bought myself a thing of Lindor chocolate truffles because they're literally my favorite thing to ever exist, ever. So, you know what? I was like, treat yourself. <laughs> and I bought it. That is Jesus Christ, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> Sorry. No, I Are you on the phone with your parents? Yeah. Oh, hi. Because I guess hi. I didn't say I guess hi. I said I say hi. Hi. <laughs> rude ass. Goddamn. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay. I slept today. I was like trying to get to class because it, it, oh my god, it was so cold. And I was like trying to get to the class faster. And I like, I thought I was going to slip on a part that I almost slipped in the, earlier in the morning. So I stepped on this little side thing that was like elevated and it was kind of slanted, but I didn't realize it was slanted. And I also didn't realize that it was also coated in ice. So I like stepped on it and then I like slipped off of it and landed on my knee and I already had a huge bruise there. So now it really fucking hurts. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. It feels like negative eight right now. That's not as bad as it could be, but it feels so cold. The wind is so strong right now. Let's see how it is in Chicago. Okay, well, you don't have to walk to a bunch of classes, so boohoo. Yeah, you're right, because I graduated. <laughs> I did my time. The weather app won't even load because there's probably so many people looking at it right now. Oh, there it goes. It is. It feels like two degrees out. <laughs> awesome. Gotta love Chicago. <laughs> Who decided we were going to live in Illinois? I don't know, but I'm pissed about it. Should have stayed in California. Right? The hell? <sighs> All right. Well, should we get started? Sure. Okay. So, our theme this week is... Rachel? What? Do you know what our oh, theme is? Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah. Okay. This week, we are doing haunted hotels. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness, my nose is so stuffy, stuffy, stuffed, <laughs> stuffed. Um, okay, so I'm doing for my haunted hotel, I'm doing the Congress Hotel because it's actually 
in Chicago, and I have a personal story to tell because Juan and I stayed there before we moved to Chicago, and we came up to come and see a Bulls game. Ooh, yikes. (laughs) So Juan and I stayed at the Congress Hotel. It was actually about six months before we went to Chicago, or before we moved to Chicago, because I looked through my email to see if I still had the email with my reservation in it. So I did, and it was in December of 2015, and we moved here in June of 2016. So so the reason we stayed at the Congress was because there was a super good Groupon deal. And at the time, I didn't realize that the Congress was home to all these creepy-ass ghosts. (laughs) When we got to the hotel, it was stepping back in time. It was literally just walking from 2015 into the ni- early 1900s it was so weird but really yeah it was just super creepy and I don't know I was not getting a good vibe when we got there I couldn't find our actual reservation with the hotel I just found the Groupon coupon or whatever it was but we were near the back of the building and we were pretty high but we weren't on the 12th floor which is one of the notorious floors for haunting so the room was super small very very small you could barely fit into the bathroom without walking in it sideways and there's this very tiny super creepy closet you know how in most hotel closets there's there's either just a little nook where the closet should be or there's a small door or those what are they accordion doors is that what they're called Uh, um yeah okay so this one actually had a legitimate door (laughs) And so we tried to yank it open and it took like some force to get it open. And we ended up not putting anything in there, but whatever. So we just put our stuff in there and we went to the, to the Bulls game. And then we came back. It was pretty late, but we were laying in bed trying to fall asleep. And I'm sure it was mostly my paranoia, but I kept feeling like during the night I heard noises coming from the closet. And obviously I was way too freaked out to go in and check so (laughs) but just let yeah so basically I just let like the spirits do their thing in the closet and we didn't stay around to check it out the next morning (laughs) but needless to say I probably wouldn't ever stay there ever again because it was so I was scared okay (laughs) oh geez well, you're scared by many, many, many things, so. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't want to stay there either. Am I right? I, don't I mean, I'm all game horror stuff, but in reality, I'm a big wimp. <laughs> and I'll love watching horror movies and stuff, but then I'll get horrible anxiety afterwards. And I, like, won't even be able to sleep. And I'll just, it's a lot better now. But when I was younger, I would not sleep a lot. Because I would just, like, imagine all these like things and yeah so but now I can watch them and be fine yeah so (laughs) that was a fun night for me (laughs) but um okay so we'll go into the history of the hotel and 
I went on their website, but it didn't really obviously have anything related to the hauntings. It's a very pristine and matter of fact, here's our history, when it was built, who built it, blah, blah, blah. It was constructed, the Congress Hotel was constructed in 1983, and it was originally called the Auditorium Annex. Um, And this was originally open to house the visitors of the world's Columbian Exposition. The annex was built by R.H. Southgate, and the North Tower was designed by Clinton Warren with Louis Sullivan and Dankmar Adler as consultants. Uh, Peacock Alley was under was an underground marble passageway that connected the annex with the Auditorium Hotel. And the South Tower was constructed between 1902 and 1907 by the architectural firm Hollibird and Roach. Hollibird and Roach. I definitely should have looked up how to pronounce that before. <laughs> we got Do you ever, though? No, <laughs> it's horrible. The South Tower included a banquet hall and a ballroom that was the first ballroom to use air conditioning. So I thought that was pretty cool. But that was really the most history I could find behind it. And that all came just straight from their website. So I guess we can get into the hauntings now. Of course. (laughs) The best part. So the first one we'll talk about is H.H. Holmes. But I don't want to go into too much detail because we're definitely going to have an episode later in the year about him but he would meet young women in the lobby of the congress hotel and would take them back to his murder castle and kill them it Mm. said (laughs) i know right (laughs) it said his ghost wanders the hallways looking for women to capture did he die there no he he didn't you know that's just ghost be there what google said to me so it's right Alrighty then. <laughs> the next ghost that is seen there is Al Capone, who we just talked about in our Valentine's Day episode. Well, you talked about him. Mm-hmm. Capone is known to be seen in the hotel's bar areas, and the hotel was known as a local hangout spot for gangsters who would hold their business meetings there. Many of Capone's associates and friends actually lived in the hotel between the 1920s and 30s. <laughs> Christ, you scared the fuck hey, out of me. You scared me. <laughs> you made me scared Rachel. What the hell? No, you scared me. I was getting nervous by the ghosts. I wasn't even nervous by the ghosts. You just fucking screamed in my ear. I'm sorry, Juan scared the shit out of me again. Jesus. And he almost made me pee my pants. Well, that's not very hard to do, so... <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> jesus christ there's tears in my eyes <laughs> oh my gosh okay let me collect myself <sighs> good lord <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay Whew, don't do that <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. We'll continue. (laughs) Actually, I'm just going to start that paragraph over. 
Okay. <laughs> so Al Capone, who Rachel covered last week in our Valentine's Day episode, he's known for being seen in the hotel's bar. Bars. The hotel was known as a local hangout spot for gangsters who would hold their business meetings there. Many of Capone's associates and friends actually lived in the hotel between the 1920s and 30s. There were corridors underneath the hotel that were used for smuggling, which made it perfect for Capone and his gang during Prohibition. Oh, my heart. On to the next one. Peg Leg Johnny. The ghost is named after his peg leg, but his true identity is actually unknown. It is believed he was a homeless man who lived and died in the alley behind the hotel before it was built. His ghost is known for turning lights and appliances on and off in various rooms in the Congress Hotel. So, how, how do they know that this ghost it has a peg leg? Well, I'm assuming they can see his pegged leg. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you never know until you see it, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So the next thing, or item, is Adele Langer and her sons. So the young boys and their mother stayed at the hotel during World War One, and it said Adele was waiting for her husband to meet her and the children so they could begin a new life in Chicago. Wait, didn't you say this was built in, like, 84 or something? It was born in... No. It was built in 1983. Oh, no. I think that's wrong. 18. Yeah. If it was built in 1984, no one would be in it during World War I. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sorry about that. 1883. So it said Adele was waiting for her husband to meet her and the children so they could begin a new life in Chicago after escaping Prague, but he never arrived. To her distraught, she threw her not only herself, but her sons out the window of the hotel on the 12th floor and they fell to their deaths. It's said the spirit of the boy has been reported to chase guests, but the mother and the other child have not been spotted. This floor is considered to be the most haunted area of the hotel. So room 441. Hotel staff receive more calls from guests staying in room 441 than any other room in the hotel. There are reports of a dark figure that looks like a woman, and she's said to kick sleeping guests awake and move objects, and make horrifying noises. Oh, good. (laughs) Maybe that's who was knocking in the closet and making all that noise when I was staying there. You stayed in 441? Uh, no, I don't think so. But you never know. She she might be able to travel through the building. Right. (laughs) So this is the room Stephen King wrote his famous story 1408 about. And although the similarities between the movie and the book aren't that significant, because the movie, in the movie, if you stay in room 441, it, the basis of the movie is that it makes you crazy and will drive you to kill yourself. And that's not what happens in room 441. Loosely. No one would ever stay in it. Right. So the, the book is loosely based on this room. And the next person is Lou Oth's, uh, why do I always do this, Oth's theme. 
It said Lou was the first guest that committed suicide at the Congress Hotel. He was an American war vet who apparently woke after having a nightmare and was so scared that he shot himself. And the details are obviously a little sketchy on his, like, what actually happened when he died. Because, I mean, obviously, unless there was someone in the room with him, they wouldn't know that he woke up from a nightmare. And got spooked. So, oh yeah, what? How would they even know that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the next thing, and this is actually something super creepy. It's called the hand in the drywall. It's oh. in a, yeah, <laughs> it's not not cute. Um, so it's in an unfinished section of the basement, and it looks like there is a human hand reaching out of the drywall in an unfinished section of the hotel. The legend is one of the workers died trying to hang drywall and became entrapped in the hotel. So I'll, when I post a picture, I'll show you. It actually legitimately looks like there's a hand, like a dirty old nasty hand protruding from one of the walls. That's real gross. And creepy. Sometimes at the Congress Plaza, there's a bunch of padlocked had locked doors in the hotel and it said that where a padlocked door is that there were exorcisms that took place in the hotel but the hotel staff refused to confirm which rooms the exorcisms actually took place in all right yeah (laughs) okay so then we start getting into some stuff that was more like year it gave a year the other stuff was just more like general here's this topic but these actually had years by them so I'll just go from oldest to newest event so in 1904 an elevator operator fell to his death when cables came loose on the elevator in 1908 a murder suicide attempt was made in the hotel's main lobby In 1916, a husband and wife committed suicide by swallowing cyanide capsules. The wife survived and was taken to a nearby hospital where she jumped out of a third floor window. In 1990 to 1920, three guests were poisoned from drinking a bad batch of moonshine. And there were were several more guests who also consumed the moonshine that were violently sick. Um... In 1926, another elevator-related death happened, and this time it was a guest who was killed when the elevator malfunctioned. And then finally, in 1928, slogan writer G.H. Palin, who coined the phrase safety first, died in his hotel of a heart attack. Well, safety couldn't save him. Right. (laughs) Um, So those are kind of, like, the creepy things that happened in this hotel I'm sure there's more but those were like the main ones I kept seeing over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so um one thing that the Congress Hotel does have every year is they have a haunted Halloween ball and that was the only yeah so I was like okay well that's cool but that was the only like spooky thing I could find that they actually associate themselves with and it's hosted by b96 which for those of you who don't know it's a 
pop radio station in Chicago, but it definitely looks fun. And you have to be 21 or older, so I mean, you'll be 21 this year, so. Oh, hell yeah, though. <laughs> right? So, could be fun. And then also, too, touching back on Al Capone, Chicago has a gangster tour, which I think would also be fun. <laughs> a what? A gangster tour where you, like, oh my god tour around the city and see where the gangsters lived and where there were where there was gangster activity (laughs) oh my god isn't that funny yeah but that's that's all i have on the congress hotel i do have something for when you're done with yours just like a little a funny closing story that i found that was in the news this week that I thought was funny. So, I... Oh, oh, what'd you say? Did you like it? Like, what do you think of it? Oh, right. Well, um, it's pretty pretty average stuff, I think. I could see how some horror movies could be based on that, because, you know, that's very reminiscent of a lot of the horror hotel movies. Yeah. Right. I could definitely see that. I wonder, like... The first couple of people who died, if if people think that they died because of they because they were crazy or because there was already a, like something in the hotel, like that woman throwing herself and her kids off of the balcony, like do th- people think the hotel made her do that or did was she just crazy? I don't know. Sorry, I'm like still choking from when Juan scared me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I wondered the same thing. Like. I'm sure it's just a coincidence that all of this stuff is happening in this hotel and they're just correlating it all back to it being the hotel that's driving these people crazy. Mm-hmm. That makes for better entertainment, that's for sure. I agree. So that's my story. All right. So I need to finish painting this one nail. <laughs> and then... Wow. <laughs> I have to take, I have to spend my time wisely. I was going to leave my nails because I painted them with, like, this sparkly, um, this, like, sparkly purple. But you can still see some of the white part, like, the white separating from the pink. I didn't want that, so I just painted them, like, this kind of nudish pink. And they look really nice. Oh, that's good. I still have three nails left, though, so I'll wait, though. (laughs) Okay. So, I had the Stanley Hotel. All right, so, in 1903, a man named Freeland Oscar Stanley, who also invented the steam-powered car, Hmm. um, he came down with tuberculosis. So, at that time, there weren't a ton of options for that. So, one of the things that his um, doctor suggested was to go somewhere with fresh, dry air and sunlight and somewhere he could have a nice diet and just basically, like, a nice, carefree life. And, well, not, like, whole life, but, you know, just to, like, take some stress off, I think, also would be the point of that. Yeah. And so he he and his wife, they decided to go to the Rocky Mountains, more specifically in Denver, Colorado. So they got to Denver in March, 
And then per the doctor's recommendation, they actually went to Estes Park, Colorado in June and then spent the summer there. So he did so well there. Like with his tuberculosis. Yeah. Within four summers, like he kept going back every year because he did, he thrived so well in that environment that um, his tuberculosis actually went away in four years. So, um, and then they decided that they wanted to, because I mean, obviously he was rich. He invented steam engine vehicles. So like, I'm assuming he's pretty wealthy. So he decided that he wanted to make this hotel instead of just the summer homes because the that place around there, like Isis Park, it, it was it was too boring for him. Like not not a lot was happening. So so that's when he decided to build the hotel. So in nineteen oh seven they started construction and they started working on the hotel. So he was fully recovered by then. He was fully recovered from tuberculosis in 1907, so in just four years. Wow. This grand hotel. Um, it was going to have 48 rooms. It was mainly for his, like, upper middle class, kind of bordering upper class, wealthy friends from the East that he had. And it was mainly for them to come and for, like, some people from the West Coast who were see- seeking for, like, good medical opportunities like he was. It, like stuff like that it was mainly for them so that that was kind of like the, those were the kind of the kind of people who would, were drawn to it at first so once the hotel was finished his car company they actually started manufacturing these special design specially designed cars called mountain wagons and basically he would use it to bring people up into the mountains to to stay at his hotel yeah and, uh, so they they actually held ninety twelve people, so that was more efficient to bring them up. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's basically the background of just how like it actually came to be built. Yeah. So that doesn't really matter for any of the other the hauntings have nothing to do with how it was built. That's just how it got there. So Stephen King, he was living in Colorado, and someone had told him about this hotel so he and his wife they went to go stay there so now that we have the background we can dive into more of the the role that it plays in the shining it is the most this is what it's most known for so so like i said stephen king stayed with his wife tabitha and um he was he was actually working on on a different book called dark shine which um which took place in an amusement park but he he wanted to like uh, like he wanted to get into isolation so basically him and his him and his wife when they got there they were actually the only ones staying in the entire hotel because when they got there everyone else had checked out because it was not active oh. it was not oh my god i'm gonna keep yawning don't yawn i can't hold it i'm like about to fall asleep they kept what was i saying uh, oh yeah, they were the only ones there. So they they were the only ones at the thing because everyone else had checked out because it was winter time. So you know his wife, she she went to sleep and everything was all quiet and stuff. And of course, he's Stephen King. He writes horror novels. He just decides to check out this desolate hotel by himself. And he went down to the. Um, he went down to the bar area, had a few drinks. I'm assuming were just a few. Um, doesn't 
I mean, it's not important how many he had, but, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then he went back up into his room, and before he went to bed, he went into the bathroom, and he he looked at the the bathroom with the pink curtain on it, and he he thought to himself, you know, like, what if someone had, or, like, he pulled it, but he pulled the curtain back, he looked into the tub, and he was like, what if, what if, like, someone had died in here, and then he started to think about The Shining, and he started to, like, formulate that in his head, so... Um, the room he stayed in was 217, and actually in the movie, it said that they changed it to 237 because, um, the guests, they were afraid the guests would refuse to stay in, like, the, the haunted room. Oh. So they changed the number. So does that room actually exist there, or no? Like, the 237, or no? I'm not sure, because I was like, wouldn't they just not want to stay in 237 then? I'm assuming that it just didn't exist, because there's only 84 rooms. Oh, okay. Or no, not 84, 48, sorry. There's only 48, there's only 48 rooms, so I wouldn't be surprised if that room actually does not exist. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet it doesn't. Yeah, I bet bet it didn't exist there. So, yeah, so his room is 217. So, the hotel, it, it piqued his imagination, and he started coming up with all of his ideas for The Shining and like I said he went into the bathroom and pulled the curtain back he just imagined what if someone had died here he thought of I know what you're doing but it's he formulated the book in his head and he said that by the time he went to sleep he he had the whole book the skeleton everything for the book in in his head just from the inspiration from the desolate hotel and and all that because they were the only ones there him and his wife whenever they would get served dinner they would be alone at the table because i guess i guess in hotels like that everyone would eat together so but since they were the only ones there it was just all of the chairs were stacked up on the tables except where they were eating and there was i guess kind of orchestral music orchestral music being played from I'm guessing it was some kind of vinyl player because I don't know what else they would have used to play because it wasn't an actual orchestra. So, But I can just imagine them sitting in a desolate dining room, like served dinner with creepy orchestral music mm. and echoing through the halls. I'm just imagine it. It's so creepy. It was, uh, and then actually The Shining was published three years after that. So he got to writing that and got it published. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. As a lot of people know, not everyone, but a lot of people know, Stanley Kubrick was the director of The Shining. And is actually Stephen King. He actually said that he was pretty disappointed with the um, how it turned out because he didn't have a say in the script for that. Oh, really? And he was, yeah, he was kind of disappointed on the portrayals of everything. They and actually in the movie they didn't even they didn't even use the the Stanley Hotel. They didn't even use it. They used a, another like another resort thing. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in, in the movie, it was a ro- resort, not really necessarily a hotel. So I think that that's why they used something else, because they like had it portrayed differently. Hmm. And then in 1966, no, 1996, Warner Brothers got the rights to make a TV production. It, it was a miniseries. And actually, this time, it was called Stephen King's The Shining. And he actually wrote the script himself. Nice. Yeah, so... And they actually did film that in the Stanley Hotel. They filmed they filmed that miniseries there. Hmm. So, yeah, I was really... I, I'm assuming he took much more pleasure in that than he did the movie because 
not only was it in the place of inspiration, but he also wrote the script. So, yeah. Yeah. But this hotel, it's been on Ghost Hunters and, and it's been on Ghost Adventures. And um, there have been quite a number of like, famous guests, include Erich Fromm, who was a Germ- German psychoanalyst. He stayed there in 1934. There was a governor from Kansas who was running for president against um, FDR. He stayed in 36. And in 74, Stephen King stayed. In 76, Bob Dylan and Joan Baez stayed there. Mm. It's pretty crazy. 94, um, the Emperor Akito of Japan and Empress Makita... No. Shoot. Okay. Scratch that. Edit that out. Let me retry that. Emperor Akito of Japan, Empress Michiko, and Crown Prince Naruhito. Okay, so they, they, they were visiting the U.S. and they stayed there. And then in 94, oh, that's the same year. That's funny. The Dumb and Dumber cast and crew, including Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, stayed there. Yeah, and the people for the Shining mini miniseries stayed there. Uh, I don't I don't know if those were any like famous guests, but and then that's if the ghost stories. I don't think they're as impressive, but there were some, there were a few weird things. In 1911, room 217 was the presidential suite, and it took up room space. In a thunderstorm in June 25th of 1911, it cut the power of all the hotel guests were taken down to the lobby while the staff was lighting up the backup gas lamps. Mm. And there was um, an unknown gas leak, and a chambermaid entered the room 217 with a lit candle. So, yeah, the massive blast destroyed about 10% of the nearly 70,000 square foot hotel, and it was the entire West Wing. It was a compression explosion. So, like, I guess the gas had been building up in the room, and then when she stepped in there with the candle, then it just ignited everything and blew up. God. The chambermaid's name was Elizabeth Wilson. It killed her, so it actually put out its own fire because because it was a compression explosion. So all of the gas in the room got used up instantaneously. So there wasn't anything left for it to keep burning the the rest of the room. Okay. I think that's what I means by compression explosion. That's what I'm assuming. It actually put itself out. Um, but the force of the explosion sent her crashing into the dining room that was directly under room 217, and she suffered from... Oh, actually, she she actually... She suffered from two broken ankles, but she recovered from her injuries. Ooh. And the owner of the hotel, Stanley, he paid all of her medical bills, and after she recuperated, she was made head chambermaid and worked at the hotel until her death in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. After her death, though... She reportedly began to haunt the room, sometimes by folding guests' clothes and putting them away. And if an unmarried couple is occupying the room, a source said that um, that her ghost would climb into bed with them and try to force oh. them apart. Oh, God. But wait, though. Can I get her to come to my apartment and fold my laundry? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was an so... actual question. But it's fine. Just ignore me and continue. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah, there are, like, a ton of trying to... Oh, that's pretty much the biggest thing that happened there. Was there any other little things that happened or not really? It's, like, it's hard because when I was looking this up, I was doing a couple other things, so I didn't look it up very well. But also, <laughs> I mean, there's there have been 
I mean, definitely the people who show the tour, they definitely um, exaggerate a lot. The person who actually does the tours of the hotel, <clears throat> she encourages people to constantly take pictures, and then she helps them analyze the results. And sometimes apparitions can be distinguished with enough zoom and enough suggestion. So she's, hmm, maybe that's an apparition. And ghost orbs, especially green ones, sometimes show up. Hmm. Um, and sometimes if you zoom in, it's said that you can find a face. Yeah. Oh no. What? She said the person who does the the tours. She she said I always say that Elizabeth Wilson had a blast at the Stanley Hotel. <sighs> oh, that's so bad. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's so weird that Stephen King stayed in room two seventeen. I wonder if he requested it. I don't know. That'd be quite the coincidence. It would be. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help that this was also on, like, a remote mountain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was just a list of hauntings that occurred here, but for some reason, it's definitely more well-known for its role in, like, in encouraging the shining, so I think that's more of, of what it's known for. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a Stanley Hotel Room 418. Oh. Ooh, what happened here? Oh my gosh, is this an actual video? Oh, that's creepy. It says, on February 5th, 2009, my life changed forever. I decided to take a trip to Colorado and get away for some rest and relaxation. I boarded a red-eye flight straight from Ohio to the Denver airport. I had no hotel reservations. I just jumped into my rental car and headed deep into the mountains. Well, that's a bad idea. <laughs> right. I approached a grand old hotel perched high atop the mountains. Is this going to be this dramatic the whole time? Okay, we don't need to see this. I would assume yes. <laughs> it's already reading like that. It's definitely going to be dramatic the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you can turn that off now. Um, very eerie that the hotel was so dead. Not one other guest was around that night. Can you turn the sound down? Yeah. If this is just a jump scare, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's so ominous. <laughs> I spent I spent a night in room 14, which I found out later is the room with most reported paranormal activity. Supposedly, in 418, ch- children's ghosts are heard laughing and playing. In the paranormal activity, you are about to witness is 100% real. It's actual video footage I captured when I slept between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. I don't like that. The background noises and me speaking in, in tongues cannot be explained. I, what? Can you turn it off? Wait, wait. I'm scared. Are you still watching it? I can hear. That's that's creepy. I have a stretch, but okay. <laughs> okay, so let's see what happened in room 418. I actually didn't even know this was a thing when I looked it up. I kind of really searched for this. <laughs> you had to go deep. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. <laughs> there was a picture Someone was taking of the front entrance, and then somebody walked by, and it looks like it's an apparition. And then they're like, no, not a ghost, just a fellow tourist. <laughs> I'm talking so much, my throat hurts. <clears throat> you should have drank some water. I have drank a lot of water today. Are you not going to tell me what happened? Okay, let me see. Ghost on staircase. Oh, what? That's 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 not a... Oh, no, 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 no. That's not a staircase. I mean, oh my god, I'm so tired. I meant to say that's not a ghost, not a staircase. Okay, 
On April 18, 2016, CNN shared an Instagram image posted by tourist Henry Yao. Um, he took a photo of a staircase only to find what appeared to be two apparitions at the top of the staircase. Um, the figures have been described as a woman in old-fashioned clothing with a child standing next to her. Bye! This looks so staged. It probably is. <laughs> and then another person visited and something is... Where? It says something's peeking through a window, but I don't see jack shit. Mm, creepy. Okay, okay, but what happened in the room? Are you going to tell me that? Hmm? Okay, so apparently the hauntings are still happening right now. Hmm. I don't know why people would keep going there, but apparently... Okay, so there, there was also a, a ghost spotted in 2015. I don't see a ghost here, but okay. <laughs> there was a small girl wearing a pink dress. That's creepy. That was captured. I don't like that. Okay, oh, here. So, yeah, so just the thing with your room 14 is supposedly ghost children haunt it, and sounds of laughter and running footsteps can sometimes be heard in the room throughout the hotel's hallways. There's also sometimes indentations on the bed despite no one having been in the room. Yeah, there's also... It's said that the land's previous owner haunts room 407 and he's occasionally been seen in there standing in a corner with the smell of pipe tobacco lingering in the air creepy oh just this random person said he had a ghostly encounter in her own room in uh, room 418 she said she'd been talking about the room's ethereal occupants when she shuddered and said one of them is hugging my leg right now all right well i hate oh. that <laughs> According to their official website, the concert hall is also haunted, and you may hear Flora Stanley tapping on the piano keys. And there's also reports of the occasional... I feel like this is supposed to say ghastly, not ghostly. Isn't it ghastly? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to say ghastly, I'm pretty sure. Um, Them saying get out. Which, I don't know why they would say get out, because they literally made a hotel for people to be in, but go off, I guess. Right. The ghost of Lucy, I don't know who Lucy is, but um, has been found in the concert hall, answering questions for curious staff and ghost hunters. Hmm. I feel like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Sounds fake. Alright, yeah, that's pretty much like it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. I'm kind of, oops, 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 don't do that. Um, I'm kind of like sad that this hotel is mostly hyped up because Stephen King decided that he was going to write you know, The Shining there, but No, but the thing is, like, the thing is he just used the atmosphere and the desolate location and stuff as inspiration. Like, he never said any of that stuff actually, like, was No, no, no. Yeah, no, I know. Like, none of that actually happened. But, I mean, the hauntings and stuff started before Stephen King even wrote his book. Yeah. So, oh I mean, it probably didn't help, but... Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I like it a lot. But I do have... I mean, it's not a funny story, but it kind of is. So, did you see the story about the three-year-old boy who was found alive after he had been missing for two days, and he told his family he was busy spending time with a bear? Um, No. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my <laughs> kind of funny story to uh, get everyone 
uplifted from the paranormal. So he ran off and spent two days at the bear? Apparently. So I guess... His... Are you sure it wasn't a person who he just manifested as a bear? I mean, from the article that I read, it said that he was found by himself and everything, but his mom said he um, watches this TV show with a bear in it, so they think that that's kind of where he got it from. That's sad. I know. So I don't I know why you said this was funny. I mean, it's not funny. I, I thought it was kind of cute that he was, oh yeah, this bear took care of me, but I, like now that I'm saying it out loud, it's kind of not so coping mechanism yeah so anyway <laughs> that was a fail <laughs> it's okay thank you for informing us you're welcome yep all right well thanks for talking with me uh-huh i'm very that? borderline sleeping right now okay don't sleep thanks for getting spooky and sleepy with us <laughs> yes we're recording this at we started recording this at 7 40 and now it's bedtime <laughs> uh it's not usually bedtime for me but because i stayed up all night yesterday and i i was awake i've what time is it it's 8 55 <laughs> i have been awake for like 40 hours a little more than 40 hours I mean, I've gotten, like, two or three hours of sleep in between, but it's definitely not enough, so I'm, like, borderline falling asleep right as we speak. Jeez. Alrighty, well, I'll let you go so you don't die, and you can Okay, do I'll just sleep. Good. It's your sleep. Okay. We'll talk to you guys later. ASMR style. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Nice you. You too. <laughs> Until next time. Uh-huh. All right. I hope that you get some good sleep today. I hope so too. I'm going to go to sleep right now. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.